Hello and welcome to the making of Playing With Songs. I'm Rob Langley-Jones and this is episode number nine. So first off, I want to acknowledge a new method I've found to create the show notes for the episodes. So before, I would sort of write out a list of what I'm going to talk about, what I'm going to cover, uh, and then I'd go back to that after making the show, after recording it, and put those into the show notes. This time around, it was a bit different. So you'll find that the Making of Playing the Songs episode 8 show notes are a little bit more detailed. What I did this time is I listened back um, on Final Cut and I pressed the little L button which will be play and then you press it again and it goes a bit faster. So I pressed it again so it went a bit faster and I found um, even listening back to myself at that fast speed I could still understand every, everything I was saying because I'm you know, used to hearing my own voice obviously. Um, and then I was able to hear the bits where I said, oh and I'll put this on the show notes, oh and I'll put that on the show notes. And this time I was like, oh okay I said I'll do it, I better do it this time. So that was a, a nice little way to get the more information across um, and hopefully you'll get more value from the episodes now because you'll have a little bit more information in the show notes for each Making of Playing the Songs episode. Now, listening back to where I was at the other week, um, things sounded quite promising, didn't they? Um, It sounded like I had things pretty much under control. Well, that didn't really last. You see, what happened was I started recording these extra bits to go into what would be playing with songs electric or playing with songs produced, who knows? And that caused me a bit of stress. Uh, And then around Easter, um, I went over to friends. We, We live in the same complex so we're not breaking any uh, restrictions any covid restrictions but we ended up staying up late chatting for the night and usually that doesn't matter i just sleep in and catch up on sleep and i'm okay but this time um, ended up getting run down after that and that lasted a whole week so got behind on all the songs i need to be working on for the summer contract um got behind on everything really um and then became more and more stressed out about getting the um playing with songs produced in and how to approach it and then I just fell into a lot of bad habits that I've now kind of sort of shifted out of today thankfully just in time to record this which is that um I know in uh, Jim Quick's book Limitless one of the first things he talks about are the four d's is it digital deduction digital dementia digital depression and digital distraction and I think one of the things I fall prey to is digital depression um And you might think, oh, that's just trawling through Facebook or Instagram. Yeah, that doesn't help. But it's, or checking emails, that doesn't help either. But it's not so much that. It's more that one of the early points he makes is that we're a lot smarter than we give ourselves credit for. And if we've got a problem, we've got something that's worrying us. I've realized personally for me, maybe this could be different for others, but nine times out of 10, I'm better off putting the phone away, turning it off turning the phone off and just having a little think, think things through and give it some time and then you'll come up with a solution. But instead of doing that, I burdened my poor, poor sister 
with lots and lots of messages saying, well, maybe I should make the episode like this. Maybe I should make the episode like that. And I was getting really stressed out about this visa situation. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. And then I had an appointment at the hospital to finally get my elbow looked at in the hope of getting some of this metal out. And just everything was happening at once. And I got very overwhelmed and very depressed and just didn't really know whether I was coming or going, didn't know what to do. And um, I just wanted to sort of find a way around this. And sometimes when I have a problem, I just keep it going around in my mind thinking I'll I'll get to a solution eventually. And I, I thought, well, I wonder if I can take some sort of overall purpose from this because it's, it's nice to have a bit of a mission statement for life or, or for the episode um, and for playing with songs. I say kind of my mission statement for playing with songs is for people to watch it and go, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll try that out sort of to dispel some of the mystery behind music and sort of show that, you know, I'm not particularly amazing, but when I break things down into little chunks, then I can make songs that kind of sound okay. And, you know, there's no magic to it. Um, so I wanted to find a similar sort of thing for just for life in general. The only one I really come up with, which I think I touched upon last week, is maybe to reduce suffering um, and maybe try not to add to it. So I sort of thought about that and I've sort of tried to apply that to things. And, and then the other thing I ended up trying is it's usually when I get that low, I'm so determined to find other things and find this and find that and find a way out of it. And I thought maybe I might try a different approach this time, which was to, just to settle in to the, the depression and the despair and just let it sit there. Because I was also feeling a great deal of despair because... Um, for the first time in a while, I've tried to actually budget the month correctly and actually live within my means and maybe even save some money, even though unfortunately I'm only on universal credit at the moment. Um, and obviously that makes me feel you know, quite sad and constricted. I thought maybe, maybe it's a better approach just to sit with it and just feel it all. Because another um, thing that Jim Quick mentions in his book Limitless is um, if you fight for your limitations, you get to keep them. Uh, and what you um, persist what's the other one fight for limitations you get to keep them and what persists something something oh there's another one there's another one basically what they mean is um, if I can remember the second one it's gone now is if you keep sort of fighting for you know I'm low and I'm this and I'm that and the other or I'm useless then you sort of you end up getting to keep that and you make that a bigger thing and I, so I thought rather than fighting the depression I just sort of let it sit there and kind of go well yeah you know I've had enough I want to end everything but things aren't that bad really um, and let's just sort of sit in this feeling and see if it passes and today I would say it mostly has and I've brought back in a lot of the measures that have been giving me my control back in the first place. And one of the biggest things that I've found for my peace of mind has been just to not use the phone for a day, just not use it at all. And I find as soon as I use it, um, all my thoughts get drawn to that and and it's just sort of carries around this this weight with me of whatever message I've looked at, whether they're good or bad, they always seem to just carry around sort of heavy kind of negativity. And when I have a day where I don't check anything, I feel so much lighter, so much happier. And um, so in the past, I was trying to get these tasks done that I didn't want to do. That's, if you remember, and having like a set of Pomodoros, the, you know, the 25-minute focus chunks with the five-minute breaks and having one at the beginning of the day, beginning of the day for tasks. And so I kind of thought, 
Well, I wonder if I can incorporate just the use of my phone in general into one of these pomodoros. So I'm not going to do that today because it's been such a a difficult week and I'm just sort of coming out of this rut, out of this spiral of negativity. And so I want to sort of kind of go onwards and upwards. But it did kind of work just having that short chunk because it it was only a 25-minute chunk on the things I didn't want to do. So before they could drag me down too much, it was sort of done for the day and I could forget about it. So I'm going to add these um, extra tasks I need to do. I need to find out more about what exactly the met- kind of metal is in my elbow because they say here in the UK they can't take it out unless they know what it is. And they don't know what it is because it was done um, when I was abroad. So I need to find out what that is to see if they can get it out. So I hope they can. So, um, and in the other thing I'm going to mention, yeah, digital depression. I I sat in the depression and felt very apathetic. Today I'm beginning to feel a bit nicer. And um, I guess the other thing is, you know, we should give ourselves more credit that we're a lot more smart than we really are. We don't always have to seek out approval and, and advice from others. Often we really know what's best for us and what we can do. We just need to give ourselves the credit give ourselves the credit so we can think things through and, and take those actions oh ooh la la so that means we've been chatting for about 15 minutes already but that's okay um, I'm going to pause this my little timer so it doesn't put me off too much because it can be useful and sometimes it's not useful if we want to get through our points and so yeah we're very smart at figuring out our own decisions and, and how to make things better but also we're not always um, aware of the how much better we feel when we'll do something that we know makes us feel good, as it were, if that makes sense. So I know that I've got into place these pomodoros that make me get more work done and feel more productive and feel better about it. I know that if I have a day without checking the phone, then I feel more productive and get more out of it. But it's difficult when we're in that sort of spiral and we've kind of gone down, we just sort of cling on to the things that we think instinctively will make us feel better but they don't so I mean it's a bit of a tricky one I'm going to try next time I get into that kind of a cycle to try and just switch everything off and see but it's difficult because you know there are you do get some positivities out of it because I was able to bounce all these ideas off my poor sister who got you know burdened with all my um, you know bit of a meltdown again um, but on the other hand, it did get me closer to finding a solution to how we're going to move forward into what would be Playing With Songs episode one or Playing With Songs Electric. So that will bring us on to our next topic for the show. Ho. So having just listened back to Making of Playing With Songs episode 8, I'm able to more readily um, sort of add to that episode and follow on from it. For instance, uh, I went through the location names that we're going to use for the Loki method in um, the first song and I realised that I named one of the places incorrectly and I've got this fixation on there being 8, but I think I really only need 7. So um, 
in that low-key method of locations that we're going to be able to use to help learn the guitar and bass parts should you want to use that anywhere else um, I would start on the aft looking out at sea then go past the pool and then it's not the Waldorf restaurant it's Marco's Bistro uh, then we go past Columbus Bar and the boutique shop that sells chocolate and see yeah there's a couple other things wasn't there boutique shop that sells chocolate ah then the captain's club that's right and then the Marco Polo Show Lounge. So I think we just need the seven chunks. You could call it eight, but there's a bit in the song where I repeat what I did in the intro, but I kind of tie that on to um, the little instrumental. So I think it might be easier just to call it seven chunks. So that kind of corrects those chunks. And um, the other thing that's been interesting is, I don't know if you ever find this, I've got a bit of a habit where I'll, I'll work all these things out and I'll plan them out and they're all lovely. And then I'll go ahead and film some stuff which was going to be all the bits I'm going to add into playing with songs um, episode one about this about this song today is the day and I just for, forget almost all of that and just rambled on about other things and then I watch back the making of playing with songs episode eight where I talk about locking it in and linking it in I'm like well of course what a lovely structure what a lovely approach I think possibly what it comes down to is there's only so much you can sort of hold in to the brain at once um, and then I, I, I also once it's written down I've kind of forgotten about it you see and so I think it's very important to when working out the structure of something how you're going to do something to not only sort of list it out and plan it out but then perhaps visualise the whole thing kind of happening so that it becomes more into your kind of working memory so that I'd have it there for retrieval when going forward and I think that's uh, more the approach that I'm going to do. So I did record a bunch of chunks to add in, but they ended up just a little bit rambly. Um, the camera angles didn't quite work. Like I tried getting a nice shot, which worked for the test shot with my Canon camera, but the battery only lasts, I don't know, five or ten minutes, and I don't have a power adapter. But I did find I could start with a wide shot and walk in closer to play the bass or guitar. But then I found I was talking about things from too wide of a shot and the microphone was too far away. So that made it a little bit difficult. But I did come up with a, maybe a nicer way to describe the fingering of your fretting hand on a, on a guitar, which would be to rather than describe the number of the string, because I think that's a bit confusing, I thought I could describe the, the note. So I could say it's the low E string and then you're on the third fret with the first finger, for example. So that made it a bit easier. But um, yeah, so a lot of mulling around, thinking how exactly are we going to make the first episode, playing with songs to produce, playing songs electric, how are we going to make it work? been mulling it over all week in between getting down about everything and I think I've come up with the answer you see that the heart of playing with songs is a show that takes a song breaks it down into little chunks plays around with it tinkers around and pieces it back together taking it from mediocre to something more okay and I think the key there is chunks so what happens with the making these songs is they're broken down into little chunks 
um, and then you sort of chunk things together. So what it means is that when I've finished making a song, I have little bits of a guitar part, a bit of a bass part, but what I don't have in my mind is a complete bass part from beginning to end, or a complete guitar part from beginning to end. And also because I'm pushing myself to play far beyond my ability, end up with a whole bunch of pieces that I've composed, but I can't actually play yet. I can just about play it enough to get it recorded. And that's fine. That's kind of what happens with these musical interludes that you see in this show as well. I realise that there's really two processes for me. Maybe it's a bit different if someone's a little bit more skilled on their instrument. Perhaps they can compose it and then play it at the same time. But with me, if I did do that, all of my pieces would be too simple. And I don't want them to be simple. I want them to be fun and interesting and really express what's in my mind. So there's really two phases. The composition, and the same goes for singing. I'll, I'll write a song to sing, and it will be something I haven't figured out how to sing yet, but I've got it in my mind, and I know if I try enough different techniques, then oh, okay, that's how I sing it. And that's fine. I think that's fun because what it means is really pushing beyond the ability. So anyway, two phases, composition and then the learning. And so I think it's at the learning stage where I'm taking the chunks and kind of joining together in my mind. So because it's quite, kind of quite a different process, I began to think it doesn't really make sense to put in these sections of saying this is how I play this and this is how I play that. Because at the time when I'm putting these chunks together, I don't really have a, the big picture. It doesn't really exist yet, does it? So I could use all these learning methods, but I kind of feel like, you know, maybe, maybe it doesn't need to be there. So instead of that, I'm going to release the episode as it is, without any of these how-to sections, but perhaps we can make another episode that does have these how-to sections. So I, I kind of, I'm drawn to the idea of calling it Breakdown, Play Me Songs Breakdown, but on the other hand, I also think that the episode should make sense perhaps for people who've never heard of the show. So I'm kind of umming and ahhing about, so this episode um, one, the song title for episode one is Today is the Day. So I'm kind of thinking it could be playing with songs, colon, Today is the Day. And then the other episode could be playing with songs, how to play and sing Today is the Day. I know it's a bit long, it's a bit of a mouthful. Then in that episode, we can break everything down and say, you know, this is the bass part from beginning to end, this is the drum part from beginning to end. This is ways that we can uh, lock it in and link it in. Because I think that is a nice section to have. And then that episode can be more of an episode about learning, whereas the other episode can be a bit more of a passive episode where you can just watch it in and enjoy, oh, there's a bit more music, a bit more music, oh, that's, and now we've got a whole song, that's nice. And whereas the how-to... You're going to be more engaged in. I mean, you can watch it in a more passive way, but it's going to ideally be more engaging content so that you can watch it and go, ah, oh, then I can try this and then I can try that. Um, because that's another thing. I don't know if I've brought this up before, but, you know, I have certain podcasts that I love to listen to as I go to sleep. Like, I love the Retronauts. Um, and it is a really brilliant podcast, but I, I really love it for falling to sleep too. And sometimes um, Stuff You Should Know podcast as well. But there's other podcasts that I really can't listen to at night time because they give me so many ideas. They wake me right up and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, my God, this is going to change my life. Oh, oh, wow. And podcasts like that are um, the Jim Quick podcast. I get that from that sometimes. 
And that really, and so, which is why I very rarely listen to his podcast, even though I love his book, because um, I usually listen to him at night, so it would wake me up more. So it's made me think, you know, maybe the How to Sing and Play episode is going to be a bit more like a Jim Quick podcast that's quite instructional and you can learn a lot from it. And then the normal episode is a bit more passive. You listen to it as you go to bed, have a, have a nod off, have a little nap. So uh, mm, this is where we're at now. We'll have a little break and then we'll refine these ideas just a little bit more. Okay, so we'll have playing with songs, colon, today is the day, and then we'll have playing with songs, how to sing and play, today is the day. And I was considering maybe dropping the subtitle of produced or electric completely. Still on the fence about this. We'll see we'll see what you end up seeing next week. But it's just it might remove a lot of the confusion. And then you've simply got the making of playing with songs and then playing with songs. And that's just one and two. Could make things a bit easier. And then for the vocal section, I've decided rather than sort of sing each bit again, I thought if I sort of explain the approach and the intention behind the singing and then for the lead lines, you can already hear the lead lines fine. For the harmony lines, maybe I can give examples and then show uh, the recordings in isolation so you can hear harmony part number one and harmony part number two and so on. And I think that might be a nice way to make that part work. Kind of in the vein of our brilliant Italian guy, I'm going to try and pronounce his name correctly now, Galesso Frudo. I think that's Galesso Frudo. I think that's how you say his name. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. I've got links to his on the uh, episode eight, and I'll uh, I'll put another link here in episode nine. So this is the new plan, um, and so the, you know the way I got out of my pit of despair it wasn't just stopping using the phone. It was also this new plan um, to just have a whole new episode because that kind of gives me a bit of time of grace. Because we were going to do the main episodes every two months, so I'm thinking if there's a second episode that goes with the same song, perhaps that can be. Um, a month after or four weeks after that first episode. So in effect, this now gives me another five, maybe five weeks to record that and thankfully reduces the pressure. As soon as I end up putting too much pressure on myself, I just get nothing done, which is unfortunate. So that sort of got me out of the hole. And the other thing that helped was, um, yeah, kind of making a decision about this visa thing. And I've kind of turned it around on my new employee. I hope they don't mind. But I mean, in a good way, I've basically said to them, look, um, give the responsibility to me. Uh, you just say how you know how much you'll be willing to put towards getting a visa to do this job, um, and put something officially in writing. And then all the responsibility is off them. All the responsibility is on me. And if I don't manage to get it, then then that's the end of it. Because it's been a bit frustrating because there's there isn't really a real reason for the uncertainty. I mean, the only uncertainty. What I can see is that obviously COVID is going to delay things a lot more for this summer season. But um, when you have a you know working visa in place to go to this place and work, obviously you, you can go straight there, can't you? So, I mean, but it is a very difficult situation. And we've found that many, many other companies advertising the same kind of jobs have just stopped bothering with British citizens at all. Um, and they'll only take people who have EU passports or... Australian passports. I saw a job advertised, dancer job, not for me, female dancer, but it was at the same company I worked for a couple of years ago. And even they were saying EU and Australian passport only because they must have decided that for this uh, Greek island, 
um, that it's just far too difficult to bother trying to figure out the visa situation. So they've just given up on it. So I do believe this is what will happen with my other job, which is in a should happen this summer, which is in a Spanish island. Um, I believe this will probably happen. So obviously it's been causing a lot of stress because I just want to know one way or the other. So, okay, so moving forward, we're going to release the main episode next week, which would be Play Me Songs Today is the Day, or I might put the title back in of Play Me Songs Produced or Play Me Songs Electric. Hopefully also next week we'll launch our Patreon page with at least an option to pay so much money and get a T-shirt. So more details about that soon. Um, and there'll also be bonus content in time. Uh, and then we'll begin to advertise on Instagram and Facebook as well next week. So that will be fun. Um, so it's all happening, really. There's a lot, lot happening. And as soon as I get it in place to get a T-shirt, I'm definitely going to order one for myself. And perhaps I can wear that for an episode as well, which could be fun. So until then, do have a really nice week and take very good care of yourself. I've been Rob Langley-Jones, and this has been The Making of Playing With Songs, episode number nine. Take care.